Hello and welcome to Please Watch This, a podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their view and history recommend films to one another so they can once and for all answer the question, who has better taste? My name's Sam Blakely, I'm joined as always by Hugh Dempsey. Hi Hugh, how are you doing? Hello Sam, how are you? Very well. I mean, this is a, a second for us, not a first for us, a second for us. Uh, I can touch Hugh's thigh again. Lovely. That sound, if you did hear it, was um, putting his under my thigh. Legitimately. So we're in the same room together for the second time. We're also joined by a special guest, my brother, Joe Blakely. Hi, Joe. Hello. Welcome to the show that you're the biggest fan of. How it's does it a, feel? It's an honour to be here. This is quickly becoming my favourite podcast. Well, it, uh, becoming? So it's not... So no, a podcast produced by not your own brother's not your Have you been podcast? on those other podcasts that you like? I, I, I've not been on many, but yeah. Because no. <laughs> um, this, yeah, you should now like this. Um, my favourite podcasts have dozens of episodes... So it's a, uh, yeah. And production values. Yeah. They have production values, right? Well, they have enough. more than one microphone. <laughs> don't let them behind the curtain. don't know that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They're better at hiding it. So the reason Joe's on today is because he's going to talk about uh, the 2002 film, uh, 24-hour party people, uh, directed by uh, Michael Winterbottom, starring... Michael Chilibum. Basically Michael Chilibum. Steve Coogan and Steve Coogan's ego. <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of other people. And um, before we get into this week's film, so it is 24-hour party, people. Uh, thank you for joining us if you like that film. We are going to spoil it quite rotten. Me and Joe love it and have seen it many times. Hugh had never seen it before. Before we get into that film, though, I'd like to know more about Joe. I've only known him 30 years. Um, Joe, tell us about your film tastes. What would you say are some of your favourite films? What do you look for in a good film? Do you like the film The Matrix? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of The Matrix. Now, I like uh, my favourite uh, types of films are sort of, I like comedies, horrors, documentaries, uh, particularly this style of film, to, uh, mm. from this film. Um, I don't know if it. I don't, what would you define? What is it? Yeah, it, it's a sort it's, of weird postmodern biopic, isn't it? And yeah, it's Michael Winterbottom, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's what are his, some of his others that do you like? Did he do a cock and bull story? I think he did. Yeah, yeah he, he did. did. Yeah, yeah. So also he likes Steve the. It's like a genre defi- defying, sort of biopic or yeah uh, adaptation or. He also did the trip as well. The TV series. Costed. <clears throat> which was, yeah, also Coogan and Bryden. Very good. Um, the same writer as... No, no. Uh, the guy who wrote 24-hour party people also wrote Cock and Bull Story. And I think that's the yeah. only thing he's f- known for, apart from maybe a couple of episodes of Emmerdale. <laughs> <laughs> solid, solid place to get you to start. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Outside of Michael Winterbottom, what kind of films would you say you're into? What would be your, your top three? Top three... Um, uh, I'm a bit of a cliche, really. I'd probably say Goodfellas, uh, With Good Neil and I. Good choice. Pulp Fiction. I, I, I do tend Good to choice. say that I don't like gangster films, but there's two of them in my top three. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of uh, Martin Scorsese, Tarantino. Um, what do you think of Martin Scorsese recently saying that Marvel movies are not cinema? Mm, I don't know what I, th- I, I don't know what I think about that. I don't think they are. Well, okay. I don't, uh, well, no, actually, they do. Um, Hold the front page. <laughs> um, I'm not a fan myself. Um, Have you seen them? I've seen one or two. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so you've seen a solid 10%, yeah. maybe. And I don't feel like sitting through the other 30 or so <laughs> <laughs> to get a real feel for the genre. Do you think it's snobbish to say something is or isn't cinema? It is, is some yeah. sort of form of gatekeeping. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Um, 
So now you're doing this. You're calling yourself a, slot, a snob and a gatekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't agree with Tarantino. <laughs> Scorsese. Scorsese. He oh, Scorsese. Oh, okay, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. I mean, you've you've only known Joe twenty years. What do you have to say to him? Um, Apart from apologies, <laughs> for, you know, obviously you having to have Sam as a brother. I can only apologise. I meant back for that, that. that thing in two thousand and three. No, we won't go into yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's not the forum for that kind of debate. Um, and weird in jokes that we're going to do for the entirety of this. I do apologise. We are the only three people who are going to listen to this. So to be fair, <laughs> this is quite a nice vanity project. And, yeah. and can I just put in here actually? Because no. um, I'd, I'd like to give a personal shout out to Mom because <laughs> you've Mom. never done that before. She, she was asking. She was saying you don't, never bring up your old mum. So I, I'm not Hi, convinced Mom. she listens to it. Hi mum. Big shout out. Big Legend, shout out. Especially for bringing up this guy. Mad props. My ladies. <laughs> Mad props. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty to get into the shout out to you. And uh, shout outs to this. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Charles, you know who you are. Well, I've just said your full name, so you know who you are. Well, everyone knows who you are now. Uh, if you're listening to this, well, well done. You've listened to. Well, us. unless you're a different Andrew Charles. If and you're, you're listening to this for the first time, and your name's Andrew Charles. You're like, how does he know I'm listening? Yeah. Then that's going to be weird. But... Shout out to you, yeah, as well. Because you listen. Thank Charles. you. Yeah, um, we're not talking about Adrian Charles, are we? No, 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 no. no, no. (laughs) Different person, different type of person. Different name. (laughs) Entirely different set of atoms. Now, (laughs) let's get into today's film. So as as I said at the start, me and Joe love this film. We've seen it many times. Hugh's seen it for the first time this week. We genuinely don't know if he likes it or not. Uh, we might have our suspicions based on what he likes and what he does, and he's and he's stroking his beard. Well, his former beard, <laughs> the place of his former beard. You can uh, look on Twitter for a picture of where that beard used to be. Um, yeah, because I took a picture of him, put it in my bin. It's <laughs> <laughs> in a landfill. You can't access to those kind of photographs. <laughs> so that, that here we are. We're watching. We're watching we've watched twelve, uh, twenty-four hour party people, not twelve hour party people. That's the <laughs> sequel, prequel. Uh, <laughs> um, Joe, we're going to spend ten minutes now telling Hugh why it's great okay do you want to start us off what do you like about this film um what does this film mean to me what does this film mean to you <laughs> that is a regular listener my friend it's um well i don't know it's uh i feel uh as a young northern raver in Thrusting, the past yeah um i feel like i was there even though i wasn't quite there mm. before my time um maybe mum's generation yeah i think um yeah and i've got a great um great love for all the all the bands involved I love all the music of the film it's um, a great soundtrack who's uh, your uh, favourite <clears throat> band out of the ones that are featured in this film <clears throat> um, that is tricky I'd probably say uh, hmm, Happy oh, Mondays really even though they're very very rubbish <laughs> they, they've got no it. talent whatsoever I, I love them yeah I've seen them a few times live this film does not portray them in a good light no I came out of this thinking I can't stand Sean Ryder any more than I used There's, to yeah I don't think you could portray the Happy Mondays without you know in a glorious life yeah <laughs> I mean because he calls him a genius and they all agree he's a genius and yet um, it just sounds like it's just such a wanker yeah. scallywag yeah <laughs> um, why do you think Hugh might like this film I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Why do you think Hugh would like this film? I do think Hugh also likes this sort of music to some extent. Mm. I don't think to the extent that you do. Um, I think Hugh will find it very funny. It's a fantastically funny film. Um, it's a funny film in many ways, but just some of the lines are fantastically funny. Yeah. And I think we'll probably save it for towards the end of the episode where we talk about favourite lines. But 
they're just great one-liners, very whip-smart. Whip Hugh really likes the thick of it and, and a lot of like smart things like that. And I do think it's got that that to it. I'm 50-50 on whether Hugh will like the postmodernism in this film because it is very meta and self-referential. And, you know, right at the very start, he's on the paragliding, hand-gliding thing. Yeah. Um, and then he's talking straight to camera and, you know, says things like, you know, if you've, uh, I'll just say Icarus, you know, yeah. if you've read that, that if you know about what I mean, then great. If you don't, you should probably read more, you know, and I do, still don't know. I'm trying not to look at Hugh right now because I still don't know if he's going to like that. For me, it's the, it's the acceptable face of postmodernism because it's, it's a What's bit, the unacceptable face of postmodernism? What is the unacceptable? What is the, what is the yardstick for that? That, that bed, isn't it? There must be a bloody bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. Cause it's, it, that's it. Cause it's not as smug or as pompous as a lot of postmodernism is. I remember listening to an interview with Edgar Wright, and it was his first film, what's called A Fistful of Fingers, I think, um, yeah. before Shaun of the Dead and Spaced. The really low budget um, gangster film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think I'm right in saying it was that film where they made it, and then one of the people in his team said, okay, it was just after Pulp Fiction came out, they said, why don't we just sort of move it around and change the order of the film <laughs> like, that's not I'm sure they planned it for Pulp Fiction they didn't just make it and then go well we'll put that third there and that third there and that third there and I think this film does it well I like the fact that they leave out that he has a child until the end he said oh, I should be honest with you yeah, I have I children <laughs> um, yeah what do you think about the postmodernism <clears throat> in this film um, yeah I do like that bit um, yeah I should have found time to explain I did have kids with my second wife you know? <laughs> but as well yeah as he explains in the film it's not a film about Tony Wilson is a film about the music and the people that made that music. Um, postmodernism, I like. I do like the bit. Um, he says, "I'm, I'm being, I'm being postmodern before it was fashion." <laughs> yeah, when he's flirting, I'm and, flirting. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. I think Tony Wilson always had to have that edge on. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. That is <laughs> the. That, I think that's what makes this such a great film as well. Is is that character and that performance. He's got one of the biggest egos you'll ever see on film, but it's one of the most fragile. Yeah. You know, that guy's called Tony, I'm called Tony, we can't have that. Yeah. Um, you know, make sure you get in my boots. And the, oh, I see that's more of a uh, financial thing. <laughs> but it, when when, uh, when his, his wife says about his hips, well, you've got quite big hips, huh? yeah. I'm not Don't that. say that. Yeah. <laughs> but he's an interesting character because he's a bit of a square, a bit of a suit, mm. but also he clearly loves the music and clearly thinks these people are genius. But he's just just complete white bread, can't dance. And that actually comes across in Tony Wilson's opinion of the film because he actually does the DVD commentary right. on the film, and the whole way through he's going, "No, I don't act like that. I'm not, <laughs> I don't always say I go. I went to Cambridge. You know, I'm not that big-headed. I'm not that. You know, <laughs> which is what Tony Wilson would say. Yeah, <laughs> Steve like, no, never Wilson. happened. That was my. That, that he says <laughs> the, the, there's one scene where. Um, Tony's in the car and his girlfriend's leaving him. To, she's, he drops her off at the station and he's, you know, he's, um, <clears throat> he's he's all downbeat and there's someone in the car behind him going beep beep and and then he goes okay yeah thank you fuck off <laughs> and Tony Wilson said yeah that's probably the most accurate part of the film I would say it like that. <laughs> well, there was I was I was googling what's right and what's wrong about the film what's accurate because I don't really know mm. that much I, I like the music but I don't know much at all. There was a whole really very academic paper written about it, or um, sort of an academic blog. It wasn't peer reviewed or anything like that. And um, 
it quoted Stephen Morris from Joy Division, the drummer, saying it, he called it Carry On Factory Records. Right. It was less authentic. Yeah. Than, there's a film called Control, I don't suppose you've seen Control. I've not seen it. No, no I can't say I've seen Control. Also yeah. about um, Ian Curtis. And that was supposedly the more real. But other people have respected this film because they see it as being um, very aware of how difficult it is to be real in these things. So, I, I mean, in fact, there's, there's one of the lines in here, you know, he quotes, I can't remember the name of the guy, John Ford, I think print the legend yeah. print the myth you know if it's the truth if it's the decision between that and the truth um, uh, here's a quotation from the, a book written about it from revolution to revelation mm-hmm. it includes it this is put simply a film that changes filmmaking it melts the fourth wall of cinema cuts up narrative time corrodes the delineation between sound and vision and provides the strongest application of cultural studies theories and ideas on the screen and you wouldn't say that about a, 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 a just a basically a, a like a scene by scene remake of real life mm. you know and real life is not cinematic this has clearly got three acts that he actually refers to yeah. and you couldn't you don't get that from real from real life so actually <laughs> sorry it went a bit D from it's always in Philadelphia there. Um, yeah you wouldn't get that from a film that was a genuine authentic biopic of real events I think yeah um, and I've heard pe- the, the real people that are in the, uh, that are in the film the, the people that the characters are based on um the way the way they talk about that era it is quite a good representation of that in in the fact that the the film keeps changing tone very dramatically like for example well Ian Curtis's suicide mm-hmm. and then straight into the second act of you know Happy Mondays and yeah all upbeat music there is that interesting tribute to him as well on the beach that's a weird thing to put in the film it's almost like the film is is paying tribute rather than the characters paying tribute in that moment mm. I don't know if that's a real thing that happened I think that's a, an actual Joy Division music video oh right I didn't know that right <laughs> I think <laughs> they show that in the film that exactly yeah. pops up the but the picture the they seem to use is of the actor in this film rather than the real one I mean they could have done a burning couldn't they it's yeah. possible good, good. Uh, I think you might have got that terminology from uh, good, our good friend Michael Nardelli not uh, Daniel Nardiello as you always think it was the, uh, <laughs> the old Barnsley player early 2000s Barnsley player <laughs> Every time we mention Michael Nardelli on the show, he he has to check himself before he says. <laughs> Am I about to say Nardiello or Nardiello? Yeah, we love Michael Nardelli. He was so, so good to us. I think not so hot, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daniel, I saw Daniel Nardiello score a beautiful goal in a in a in a League One playoff semi final against Huddersfield yeah, Town. Like you're a Man U fan. <laughs> my second team. My second team, Barnsley. You know, nice it was, it was, it was, yeah, those those losers. They're soaring up the charts. I think <laughs> up the charts. Yeah. <laughs> Keep uh, it with the football language. <laughs> <laughs> now in the background, we're watching the film, and Bez has just appeared on on stage. Yeah, tell us about your link with Bez. You have a link with Bez. your Bezzy. I've Bez. We've had a couple of um, instances where I've connected with Bez. Uh, one one time, I was at a rave in Bradford in my younger days. Who is it? I'm in my thirties now. I think I was about. 19 or 20 then Heady um, days and Bez was probably about 50 at this point Bliss <laughs> yeah. was it in that dawn to be alive yeah. but to be young was very heaven so you were in a very heavenly state in Bradford yeah. and he <laughs> suddenly the door opened and everyone went oh my god it's Bez <laughs> and I ran rushed to him and uh, Bez can I get a foot he, he was there he turned up in his taxi he drives a London cab that all his friends have scratched the names on um, and he's had, he had his veneers on <laughs> is that a, is that like a grill? 
on his teeth. He just had ridiculously white teeth. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Bit before he went into the Big Brother house or after. <laughs> I think this was this was just after. Yeah, maybe. I'm not so sure. he was at the height of his second coming, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. his second act, yeah. and uh, I said, "Best, can I get a photo with you?" And there was, I was there with my mates, and um, did you get the photo? I got someone to take the picture. And I thought, oh yeah, that's great. I've got a really good photo with Bez, and, um, and you've seen the photo, haven't you? I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm stood in the back. You're certainly not you can, foreground. You can basically see the part <laughs> of my face. <laughs> but you're in a photo with Bez. Yeah, that's the main thing. You basically like so you basically photo bombed a photo of somebody else before photo bombing was a I thing. I photo bombed a photo of myself with Bez. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. You're a bit part player in your photograph with Bez. Yeah, two Fair enough. Well, yeah. listen, I I really love this film and I'm looking forward to hearing what Hugh thinks after the break we're going to hear what Hugh thinks of 24 hour party people okay we're going to hear Hugh's views Hugh's views Hugh did you enjoy the film um oh I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to it's the third week in a row that I've been disappointed yeah. by Hugh's views. So, first of all, um, my f- first question is, why is it in Manchester, in the north-west of England, why do they have a TV service called Granada, which is an area of Spain? I've wondered <laughs> this for donkey's years. Isn't it Granada in Spain? But what? But what's why? But it's clearly something like that. Somebody needs to explain <laughs> something this. like that. I've been wondering this since I was a very young man. <laughs> why? Why is Spain called pain when it's so similar to the word pain, <laughs> or something like that? Why is anything called anything? Why is the club called the Hacienda, which is also a Spanish word? Yeah, Tony's a pretentious one. I would like to. I genuinely would like to know why it's called Granada. If anyone does out there know, please write in and let me know. I've been wondering this since I was about five years old. But other than that, you enjoyed the film. <laughs> yeah, that was his main concern. Yeah, there was the mention of the word Granada in the first four minutes, so it put you off for the. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, I've not really written anything down about this. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that was all off the dome piece. That that was no, no. I've genuinely been thinking about this for years. Another thing. <laughs> it brought you up, and I thought your mum took you to Granada. She was, "Mummy, I'm not having this." Well, <laughs> are I mean, we in Manchester or Spain? I can't decide. <laughs> or Caribbean, because I think there's a place called Grenadilla or something. I can't remember. I'm not having it. So, well, I mean, when I moved to Yorkshire, look north made sense. But when you live in like the northwest, I, I used to live in Saint Anne's, which is near. But when you're uh, in Blackpool. Yorkshire, you look south, don't you? You look south because you're you're in the north. But I never understood why you had to look north though, because it was like <laughs> we're in the north. But if you look yeah. at a map on this country, technically we're quite in the Midlands, really. Yeah. <laughs> If you look north, you're in Cumbria, really. <laughs> that aside, can you tell us what you'd liked about this film? Um, so the things I liked about this film were... Um, you thought for a long time then, this is a good film. Tell us what you liked about the film. Well, there's bits... What I did like about it, I liked the, you were right, I liked the comedy aspect of it, some of the, the quick-witted lines. I liked, there's a bit where Rob Brydon and... Um, and uh, and they're arguing about the name of the Beatles manager and Rob Brydon's character's got it wrong and he's got it right um, and know. also he, tells, he says about you know Joy Division and he says have you ever heard of situationalism and postmodernism yeah that bit's brilliantly funny I watched that again well, today actually yeah um, but it and that, I think that's that's kind of my issue with this film is there's nothing wrong with, I, I quite like postmodernism stuff I really do enjoy that 
I think this film suffers from the fact that it was made too soon after the period it's portraying because essentially that period that the Hacienda closed what four five years before this film came out so yeah. this film got produced and like it was kind of like a not a revisionism of what the period was but it's people who were kind of there or thereabouts going oh do you remember that really mad time we had in the 80s on A's and raving and there's a bit of that whole I suppose a bit like you guys we're the the children of people who were young in that period so they have a great fond memory of it yeah. but it, I don't have a fond memory of it so I think there's a lot of this film as somebody who knows of bands like the Happy Mondays obviously enjoy Division and um, New Order um, there is a lot of that in it I watch it and go I wasn't there so I don't really know these people so I kind of feel like you needed to have known these bands and these people to say oh well that's kind of what happened or that makes sense like a question I have a lot of the to- it's interesting you want about the tonal shift the tone of this film mm. like were you eulogising that it's all over the place and sometimes that can work it didn't work for me in this film this film should have been either any f- everything after the Happy Mondays and him going well I had all this period with Joy Division and we New Order and this is and those people in it and then it's a film about the antics and the travails he had with the Happy Mondays or it's a film about the setting up of um, Factory Records it's it kind of also strikes me of a film that was made during a period of British filmmaking where they didn't have the budgets to make the kind of to make the stories they really wanted to make mm. so they have to cram everything into as much time it's like what two hours this film yeah you could make one hour 40 one hour 50 yeah so I think you can make a you can make two films out of this you honestly could because you really are oh, like two hours actually it's two hours like I really got invested in this film's at the beginning so his relationship with his ex-wife um, you know Ian Curtis's death that's really good the guy, the actor who plays Ian Curtis in this uh, he's phenomenal he is called um <laughs> Uh, oh, it's um, Harris. Oh, Sean, Sean Harris. Harris, yeah. Sean Harris, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, for listeners, I wrote because this is mainly about Steve Coogan. <laughs> um, I only the three people that I noticed who had an amazing performance in this were Steve Coogan, Andy Circus as Martin Hannett. He just steals did you recognise him as Andy Circus? Yes, yeah, sure, right. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then Sean Harris as uh, Ian Curtis. It helps that I don't know from anything else, and he is just Ian Curtis in this film. I think I've seen him. In he was things. in. Um, He's done things, yeah. He's done, but nothing I've seen. When I, I did read, I can't remember any names, but he's done things, and he's—I think he was nominated for <laughs> awards and things. But, but actually, I've not seen him. Have you seen anything else, Sean Harris? No, no, I've not seen anything else. Yeah, and so he is just the Curtis to me. Yeah. yeah, but they kind of there's like the scene, isn't there, where he goes to see um, Steve Coogan's character he goes to see his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like, oh, come in, you know, she was like really yeah. bored. Now, the tone there, does she fancy him? Are they going to sleep together? Or is it that he's like trying to reach out before he I think goes so. to the dark place? I think so. She's been familial. I think yeah. rather than a bored housewife. Yeah. I think she's been But that's what, For me, that's where it came across as, oh, she's the bored housewife. And I was like, oh, they're going to suggest that her and Ian Curtis were having a relationship. And then... But it, there is a family yeah. to this, isn't it? Yeah. Because, yeah, I didn't get that impression at all. It was uh, the more that they are a big group of friends and, yeah, yeah, they can just hang out 
at random with each other. It's hard to know if that's <clears throat> lost or if it's just because we're now of an age where actually we don't do that as much as we did. Mm. You know, so me and but you just for you context, don't just, you don't just call upon. Yeah, you don't just pop around to your friends' houses anymore. Exactly. You? For context, me and Joe lived down the road from Hugh growing up, so that was very much part of our childhood. We yeah. lived uh, side by side with three or four close friends each house. And it feels like that's not a thing anymore, but that's probably just because I've moved around. We've all moved around. We we actually don't live within popping in distance of friends as much no. as we do. So I don't know if people still do that. It seems like a sort of very working class, small town I thing do to one do. Could you drama? Could you take drama? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do have one or two friends friends that do pop around, and mm. I pop around to theirs. But yeah, it doesn't happen that often anymore. But you want you text them beforehand. You won't just pop yeah, you, around and because like, yeah, before you didn't have the ability to yeah. know where they were at all times. And <laughs> yeah, contact yeah. them. I think you I were. saw a new stump or something headline saying popping round unannounced to be outlawed <laughs> yeah that was on the Daily Match wasn't Something it like that. that's yeah. right yeah that's right <laughs> on the Facebook thing so I think it suffers from its budgetary constraints quite a lot in, in what fun. sense um, as in you guys say oh it's about postmodernism and there's lots of postmodern references in it to me it just looked a bit shonky in places so if you gave them another 50 million what do you think they, they would improve about this one um, well they do a lot of work on the background scenery um, I got taken out of it many times by seeing buses that were clearly around in 2000 or in 1970. Like we talked about with Boogie Nights, somehow with $12 million or whatever it was, they made it look like the mid-70s. Yeah, at no point in that film did it... Like you said, I remember on that episode, you said, oh, I forgot that this film was made in 1997. Yeah, I kept seeing old people thinking, why are you so young there? Yeah. Oh, you're old in the, in the late 90s rather than the late 70s. So to me, they use the postmodernist thing as a crutch. And then when you go, well... That's wrong with it. Then you can go. Well, it's postmodern, and I like some aspects as of that. As a cop out, do you think? Yeah, mm, yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hilarious though. I must admit, I That's was, good. I was laughing, and then to hear you guys then before we start recording and we're making joke, and it's it is funny. Um, is it is it funny because there's like the bit with the pigeons? The pigeons, yeah. <laughs> is it is it the is it the tableaus? Is it the scenarios or is it the one liner? jokes for you um, it's well everyone they're all different aren't they there's, so there's the there's the bit where he's um, where he's with the sheep and he's rounding the sheep up mm. with the duck <laughs> <laughs> now stand to the left <laughs> yeah, move left okay yes I've moved left now <laughs> well, yeah I, mean, I is, like that idea that um, yeah he's he's a very important person in the music, music Manchester music scene at the time well, he's a very serious, hello, love, fucking yeah. journalist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of my favourites. And then in, in the next scene, he's learning how to corral sheep. Or, <laughs> you know, he's washing. He's watching a, a midget wash an elephant. Isn't <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, I mean, what is this film about, Hugh? Well, that's the question, isn't it? What This film doesn't know what it's about. Mm. Is it about Tony Wilson and his influence that he had on the Manchester music scene between 76 and... The, early 90s mm. or is the film tries to profess to you that it's about the music but it's not about the music it's about Tony Wilson it's about yeah <laughs> but is that a flaw of the film it I mean, is yeah it's definitely a flaw of but the, the film but the same, <laughs> the same debate is made in one of the best films of all time Shawshank Redemption where Red is literally saying this isn't about me this is about or this is not about Andy like he's a bit part of his own story it's about Andy and that uh, the ability that ability to think outside of the box that you put in and I but, think it's possible it's a flow of the film but it's also possible that it's just a but the Shawshank Redemption's film. main theme is hope that's the overarching theme of that film where with this it doesn't 
it's trying to be too much. It's trying to give too much because of the constraints it had. And whilst yeah. I applaud, it's you know, Icarus is a great example. I applaud. Is that the theme ambition. of the film? Do you think? No, because he's in by Tony uh, Wilson's own standard. He achieved what he wanted to achieve. To achieve, and that's for me. Well, that's... sorry to interrupt. What is his goal? I kept thinking, is his goal to be successful, respected, rich? Actually, put out good music. You know, he's got. He still hasn't really got a contract with these people. Mm. He could make tens of millions, and I think he died. When he died, he, his estate was worth four hundred grand, and that was basically the house they lived in. Mm. It's th- clear his goal was not money. I think his goal was to spread music because I think in the eighties, as he says in the film, the only place you could find sort of punk or post-punk music was on a regional show coming out of Manchester, mm. um, and yeah, and then he went on to open a nightclub and wasn't bothered about the money I mean they obviously they were losing bucket loads of money <laughs> Paddy Considine cares about the money yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 30 grand for it <laughs> which we're just, we're just watching that scene right now funnily enough and another reason why Joe loves this film that's your favourite actor I think isn't it yeah he's one of my favourite actors yeah I love Paddy Considine yeah. um, th- tell us about Paddy Considine <laughs> what, what is it about him you love hmm I don't know he's a <laughs> Good, good, good input. Good, good, good actor. Good actor. Good actor. Do you think he makes good acting choices and picks yeah, he's, good projects to work on? And he's yeah, he's, and he's got a great range of acting skills. You good moustache work. Can do comedy. Can do gritty drama. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because the entire run of saw. Yeah. Gritty isn't the word. Um, almost. Yeah, yeah. Dead man's shoes. Mm. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think what we could do about now because we've discussed what Hugh basically thinks about it and I think we're still a bit I'm still unclear what the rating is going to be because you didn't dislike it you didn't particularly like it I think what we might do to break this down is to do a bit of favourite scenes favourite lines Hugh what would you say was your favourite scene so the scenes that I pointed out that were I think there is two that stand out but there's one that just edges it slightly and it's the it is the bit at the end when he's talking to God. Right. Only Which just... is the thing that you knew about this film beforehand. Yeah. It, it was funny to listen to... Oh, of course he's good because he's Mancunian, but actually it's because it's Steve Coo- cause yeah. it's Tony Wilson. Yeah. It, it's the f- it only just edged out the bit, uh, the uh, cameo from uh, Christopher Eccleston quoting <laughs> um, Boethus and um, <laughs> the Consolation of Philosophy. Right, um, so the, what was he quoting? Uh, so... Boethus. Boethus. Bo- Boethus, yeah. Boethius. The author of uh, Be- The Consolation of Philosophy, a 5th century right. uh, Italian um, noble That's one of my questions down the pan. Um, <laughs> Chris Rogerston. Is, is it not Bethius? Bethius. I've got B-O-E-T-H-I-U-S here. Yeah, I think he pronounced it Boethius, but anyway, I might be wrong. But quoting something old. <laughs> uh, so yeah. that was a, uh, was, what was the significance of that scene, you think? Why do you like that Well... Scene? Well, I'm saying that the better scene is the God scene. Well, tell us why you like that scene. Tell us the God scene. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, <I> like, <laughs> well, no, because I like that scene under the bridge because it sums up kind of Tony Wilson's mood at that point mm. in the film. Mm. It's an amazing quote. Um, I've written it down for best line. It is the best line in the film. You've written down the whole bloody thing, haven't you? Yeah, oh, yeah. no, this is your thoughts. This isn't the whole No, no, quote. that's the whole quote. That Good Lord, read it out yeah. to us, please. Uh, well, I'll, I'll read it out when we get into best line. Oh, favourite okay. line. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. But why I think the it's other scene is <laughs> why I think the other scene's more significant is because it's that moment that ties it all up where he goes, 
um, oh, you know, you were right. You should have signed you know, the Smiths. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tony Wilson meets Scott. Uh, Tony meets Wilson meets Scott's wild, wilds high. Sean is the greatest poet since Yeats. That's just a brilliantly funny he kept line. Bringing up Yeats, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> On a good day. <laughs> and then he goes, "It's a pity you didn't sign the Smiths, but you were right about Mick Hucknall. <laughs> his music's rubbish, and he's a genius. <laughs> yeah, because he does not fit this mould at all of what good good musicians. But are. apparently, it was at the gig, the Sex Pistols. Gig, right. Mick Hucknall. Really? Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. But then again, five thousand other people claim <laughs> yeah. to have been at that show. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's. But like, also for me, this is that illustrates the kind of a little bit of the trouble with this film mm. is. He says you should assign the Smiths. The Smiths aren't in this film, mm. and you're talking about the Manchester music scene in the eighties. You're particularly talking about that record label and that club, aren't you? You are, but you're telling you me that to... they had no interaction with the mm. other big band that were running around. And yeah, because I can't imagine. Cause I, I tried. I like. I tried to imagine as Americans watching this film. You have to have really done your homework before you watch it to know. Mm. I think you need to have done your homework if you're from Cornwall. There is a pleasure in that, though, isn't it? It's like it's like um, right now the conversation we are having now and we had before recording that this kind of in jerky type of vibe where we all know each other. It makes it a lot more uncomfortable if, um, like, Hugh bought a new friend or something that neither of us had met before, whereby we have that shared history and you know cultural reference. Mm. You wouldn't want this film made. With a with an eye to an American audience, I yeah. suppose, would you? No. Where it's like, oh, and by the way, this is so and so. That's so and so. You might know about that guy. This guy, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, if if it was a f- fictional account of a fictional record label, yeah, that wouldn't that that would be out of place. It's a pity he didn't sign the Smiths. Well, who who are the Smiths? <laughs> <laughs> it also yeah. does it. It would take away from that joke, though. I think if they had the Smiths, and I don't know what what purpose the Smiths would have in this film. Because um, it jumps so they, far, they you, were you can miss out at the same time. But. The yeah. point is, the point I'm making is that what would be their role in the narrative of the film, other than Tony spending the film wishing he'd signed them and he can't sign them, and there's another meeting and it makes but, twenty more minutes. Of but that the film. at least, but I think they they put in a great effort to show all these characters that were in and around that time, and it's hard not to have Johnny Marr and. Uh, Morrissey not interact with it such is, another big personality but he didn't sign them so they weren't there is it. there is actually a deleted scene where he picks up uh, Morrissey <laughs> in his car I think he's on, on his way back from uh, in Curtis's funeral or, uh, right. from, from seeing him at the uh, funeral parlour funeral yeah. home <clears throat> and he's yeah he's saying oh I've got this uh, cassette you know do you, do you want to listen to it what's your name oh Stephen Patrick Morrissey and oh really? When it, like when he's being given a cassette by a guy who wants to be the new front front man and uh, yeah, and he's one of those, that would have been good. That, that w- I would I'd be up for that. I, yeah. I like I would like that. Like that's the Smiths' involvement in this film. Now, where he should have signed them. To be fair, I did read that. I don't, I don't know how true this is, but for legal reasons, the Smiths weren't really in this. So I think they were. They meant strike to me as litigious. People, Morris, Morris, yeah. Morris, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'll sue anybody. So, Joe, what was yeah. your favourite scene? <clears throat> um, well, I was going to say the final scene on the roof. <laughs> well, that's fine. Oh, really? if, wow. If, if wow. It, we, yeah. Is it just for the same reasons that I liked it then? Yeah, because um, it is funny. <laughs> it's it very funny. Um, yeah, it's uh, we just it just some kind of sums up the film, but also in the way that all this 
madness has gone on over a span uh, a span of sixteen years. You know, from Sex Pistols to Mondays and their um, bankruptcy and all and all that, <laughs> and then it all just ends on the roof and they're smoking a joint and yeah, it it, it says uh, and yeah, Charm Rider just goes. I'm sorry about everything that happened. He's like, oh, it's fine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> is that the equivalent of a Marvel film where the last 30 minutes is a CGI battle against loads of, like, nameless yeah. ones? That's the equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, the, <laughs> it's the postmodern equivalent of them letting Magneto go. They just let it go. Because that, that's sort of, that's fine. My question, it? actually, interesting then, then about that scene is, that scene looks like it's clear that obviously written for a film mm. obviously as he talks to God <laughs> rather, <laughs> rather no, than but, a book <laughs> no but it, it doesn't look like something that you know it's, they might have gone up and had joints upon oh, the roof, I see but that's a very specific yes, written for the yeah. film that ties a narrative together mm. yeah I wonder was Tony Wilson that cool about what the Mondays did because they were Terrible, terrible people in that movie. He's so and he's, he's so very laid back about exactly. It. He's very chill in that way. Which then, ways. for me, if that's what he really was like, and you, and you know, they, clearly people have nice things to say about him. I also wonder then, people are always in this film are always calling him a cunt, yeah. <laughs> or a knobhead, or yeah. saying he's an asshole and all. It's this. because he's oh. a square. I think is that right? Um, I think well, he he did, but he doesn't come screw people out of a lot of money and right. Is that um, why they say it in this film, though, or is that generally? And people didn't like him because he cancelled his TV show and, yeah, that sort of thing. So yeah. it, it, it was a cunt, really. <laughs> but the impression I got was because he was pretentious. Yeah. yeah. And they were totally the least pretentious people around, you know. Yeah, the monkeys. Uh, <laughs> like the, the film, the um, Blue Monday was the the biggest selling 12-inch single of all time and it cost more money It cost more money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they actually... Yeah. And it all went into the debt to the Hacienda mm. and um, I think, I believe they've only just recently paid all that back it, as, as recent <laughs> as maybe 2005. I think I'm right saying the Hacienda is luxury flats now. Mm. Luxury yeah. Flats. But that's yeah. it. This is my problem a bit with this film is it's so close to when it was made they're eulogising stuff that people didn't care for a couple of years later they were like oh we'll just mm. knock it down mm. and obviously they were in a financial situation so they were just like well how do we get the most money out of it but people talk about this period as if it was the best thing since sliced bread those people who lived through it so yeah, yeah. I agree with think that it's the same reason more... why I never really watch Stranger Things because it just feels like a lot of 40, 50 year olds going oh, how great were the 70s and 80s so that was the best ever time yeah. and I think really you're right actually it's, this is so soon after it happened that how do you even know what the 80s looked like or the 90s looked like yeah. until at least 10 years later what do the, the, the 2010s look like to people 40 years from now what's the three things that people is it Instagram is it what, what is it that people remember from there's the a lot of people in the film that were there and they're only just a little bit older yeah. you know, Paul Ryder is in it and Manny, <laughs> yeah. Manny plays a sort of a Manny is the bass player for Stone Roses yeah and <laughs> Steve Coogan's what 40? No, not 40. He's he, young. He's yeah. in his 30s here, but he def- definitely enjoyed that himself in Manchester. Yeah. In those, in those times. Um, yeah. The real Tony Wilson is even in the film. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't even dead yet. See, I don't really know much about Tony Wilson. <laughs> Selfish <other> than... bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it was another five years, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, he died really 
relatively young. He was he? very, yeah, very young. I mean, do, do either of you know much about Tony Wilson? Or, or I knew nothing about him before no, watching this film. Yeah. No, not at all. I've, I just remember vague memories of seeing him, and it could have been Vance, or it could have been Tony Wilson, like, yeah. you know, watching music shows. I think my mem- most of my memories of, of Tony Wilson are on those horrible late night Channel 4 Countdown's top 100 bands <laughs> of, of, the, of 1996. <laughs> I, I was top so, 100 bands of 1996. Yeah, when I first watched this film, when you see the real t- uh, Tony Wilson, I was like, that's Tony Wilson. That I thought it was just the guy that's on TV a lot. And he is a suit, isn't he? He's a, he's a bit more. He's not the cool person that. Actually, he's not portrayed to be a cool person, is he? No. I, I heard one but he's, critic. He's, 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 he's trying to be cool, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, desperately. Yeah. I heard someone. Um, describe his character as Eric Heidel playing Steve Cooper <laughs> playing Alan Partridge playing Tony Wilson <laughs> you know I watched this I hang watched... on can we just work through that that's a lot of filters so someone someone described so him Eric as Heidel. Eric Heidel playing Steve Coogan playing Alan Partridge playing, playing Tony, Tony Wilson <laughs> it's really funny because I was that's watching a good compliment film. to Eric Heidel isn't it yeah. <laughs> I watched this film again recently in, in, in the week for the second time and I watched it with my fiance uh, my wife to be and um, and she said oh so is he being Alan Partridge <laughs> at the at the hand glide the, there like, is no, one it's just Steve Coogan being there is character. one bit where I thought that he's doing Alan Partridge where he's just they're walking he's talking over it but you just hear him going look at that flat bottom valley <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a Partridge line <laughs> so on, Sam what was your favourite scene it's a really tricky one my favourite scene and mm. there were so many and so many favourite scenes so many scenes were really stood out because of the lines I think my favourite scene might even be the first recording the first recording studio scene with Mark uh, with Adam Serkis' character oh, Adam Serkis Martin Martin, Martin. 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 Andy Serkis' character <laughs> <laughs> with Martin Andy Serkis' character it's probably a true reflection of Andy Serkis <laughs> what is his character I don't even think Andy Serkis knows it was it, there's just lots of little bits and it's the drummer on the roof I think because <laughs> yeah, yeah, until I watched it again this week I hadn't seen this film for about 10 years and that's what I remembered of this film was a drummer on the roof yeah. and, he's, and he's like when will I know to stop don't worry about stopping <laughs> somebody will come out so much that when he's still going when they're going for that. I'll like the other drive off and you see him on the roof <laughs> yeah. still, in the dark <laughs> I don't know why it's my favourite scene, but I think that's very high up there. Do, do you think that's one of those? Because I thought with this film, there's a few scenes where that clearly happened, mm. and they've made sure they've got it in. Do you think that's one of those where it clearly happened, or it was just too easy a joke? If he's to make? this mercurial genius who takes no prisoners and all that sort of stuff, it's the sort of thing I could see him doing. Or he's getting paid by Tony Wilson by the hour, so he's gonna he's gonna hear a rattle in a drum and dismantle it for ten hours and then you know remantle it <laughs> back upon <laughs> the room. <laughs> and that's what we like in terms of um, characters and the significance. You know, sometimes your favorite scene is just something that stays with you or is, is funny. Usually, the best scene in a film is the one that uh, encapsulates the moral message or the the thing about a character. And there's a great moment where Paddy Considine's character says to Steve Coogan's character, Tony Wilson, um, "You know you're trouble, Tony. You don't know what you are. I fucking know what you are, but you don't know what you are. You're a cunt." Yeah. And I really like that because it's true. That's kind of one of the points of the film. I think is that Tony Wilson doesn't know who he is, and that's probably in part of our discussion what is he is he a mogul is he a musician is he an artist all that sort of stuff is a businessman and um, most people don't know what they are really and we talked about this actually outside of the recording if you meet somebody for 10 minutes they will know what the adjective adjective is or the noun is that somebody would use about you 
but you don't even know that you know yeah I hate that I hate that when people think they've got you all figured out within 10 minutes of knowing you yeah but it's the thing that most people could you know if they said oh you know who that you know Joe is he's the that one the quiet one the yeah. quiet one or something and you might not even know that about yourself but it could be something I hate the I do hate it as well I hate the idea that there's something about me that I don't know but it's about that's, that, people would that, say. that then comes down to subjective perception doesn't it because what one person might perceive one person to be might be the total opposite. But when everybody person. thinks that, <laughs> yeah. Because of, I mean, this is a really more superficial well, me- me thing, but uh, it could uh, be true. It could be true. <laughs> Lots of people think something was, that tends to be true. So I'm a teacher. We've talked about this in the past, and it was a, a while I was training. Um, so a teacher said, "Oh, I'm not. I'm going to be ill. I won't be here." And the person who I was often replacing. Um, they told me that their student said, oh, we're going to have that bald guy. <laughs> and I thought, God, I mean, I know I am bald, but I didn't know that was the signifier it was going to be. But in terms of personality <coughs> traits and flaws, you know, most people don't know what the personality flaw is that they have that people would describe them by. Are they sure, you're sure they're not using the word bald with, the, with an O? Oh, he's, he's a very bald, <laughs> very, very bald, robust guy. He's a groundbreaker. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have that bald guy again. <laughs> if I ever use the word bald, uh, B-O-L-D, I do, I do really sound it like, oh, uh, the ones I've written in bold are particularly important. Um, this is an aural pleasure. It's not an oral pleasure. It's A-U, it's aural. <laughs> so, favourite lines. She. Yeah. So favorite line. <laughs> let's get into this then. So the best line of the film is um, I'm Boethius, the author of The Consolation of Philosophy. It's my belief that history is a wheel. Inconstancy is that my very essence, says the wheel. Rise on my spokes if you like, but don't complain when you are cast back down into the depths. Good times pass away, but then so do the bad. Uh, mutability is our tragedy, but it is also our hope. The worst of times, like the best of times, are always passing away. Good. Um, Less poetic than when Chris Reckles said it, but then. <laughs> well, <laughs> he, has, so, he so. had rehearsal and practice. I like when uh, Tony Wilson, after he says all that, he says, I know, I know. That's the essence he of knows. the line. That's why it's a great scene. He knows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's something that this character, Tony Wilson, the, the p- character that Steve Coogan portrays, is the kind of person who would. would get that and understand it and that would be his response it wouldn't be to yeah. quote back in some sort of Shakespearean or Yeatsian <laughs> way he would he'd just be like well I can't talk that <laughs> and he's right and he I? knows that about him and he knows that about his situation no I completely agree sometimes people think that a character doing something out of character is bad writing sometimes it's just more intriguing writing it, you know a really slightly more trivial example the American version of The Office Dwight not, not community not community this time I thought I'd mix it up um, Dwight loves the company loves Michael his boss he's kind of the Gareth Keenan to the David Brent for those who haven't seen the American office but in later seasons he starts to be more bolshy talk back judge Michael and so on and you could see that as being bad writing but actually it just makes that character more interesting and, and uh, I didn't think I'd mention that today but uh, there you go there it's on the table for you but that is the best line in the film and it comes up and it comes at an interesting point it comes up about halfway through the film yeah um, and it, it was a real pivot point to what they were trying to achieve with this so yeah in terms of its postmodern uh, aesthetic then yeah that is a that it, it fits in this film and you're mm. not like sometimes films will do this where they'll put in a weird quote mm. from you know some ancient philosopher or yeah. you know or you know lots of quotes from 
Confucius or the Buddha or something. But well, in this, it was like, well, yeah, this guy goes around saying that he thinks about these things. And but Tony Wilson uh, does tend to quote um, Latin and Greek. Um, he went to philosophy. Cambridge University. Yeah, like I'll say, <laughs> I agree with. Right. I agree with Plutarch's life of Caesar. Yeah, quoting the Bible and it's mm. a yeah, he is a cunt. But <laughs> <laughs> because those things are still relevant and true, but you do sound like you should be on Reddit R slash <laughs> I am very smart if you say those things. And in fact, my favourite line links to that. I've got about four or five that I was going to say before this, but it links so well. Do. <laughs> According to William Blake, the road of excess leads to the palace of wisdom. I was on my way there in a jag. <laughs> and it works. Yeah. It works so well. What about my... you, Joe? Have you got your favourite line? Sorry, you. Um, it's, it's not a quote from a poet or a, <laughs> an ancient philosopher. <laughs> from the actual um, writer of the film. <laughs> <laughs> or from the film. Yeah. Feel free it's, to... I am what I am, Popeye. <laughs> um, I've got a few and I've not written them down, but oh, I've dear. seen the film a dozen times, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do like. Um... Oh, can I guess? Can I guess? Okay, yeah. And uh, this is just based Shall on we... the ones that Joe has. Question title. So, Illiquous, one thing that Illiquous. you, I know you like, um, is what kind of music is it? Indie, Indian. <laughs> <laughs> Pete I Kim do like that. <laughs> um, I mean, one of the things I've said earlier. I'm a serious, hello, love, fucking journalist. That's one of my favourites. Mm. Uh, he's talking to Paddy Constantine. Uh, blah blah blah. I really like that. Can I get you half a lager? You could get me a pint. Um, There was 13 at the Last Supper, half a dozen at Kitty Hall. Archimedes was on his own in the bath. Yeah, that's one of of my favorites. That's a great line. And it comes up twice. (laughs) Yeah, it does mention, like, it says, uh, how can it be history? There are only 42 people at the gig. doesn't matter. Um, You know, how many people are at the murder of Julius Caesar? I don't know, Tony, you tell me. Five. Five. <laughs> yeah, just take it out of your ass. <laughs> and, and last one. He said the smaller the attendance, the bigger the history. <laughs> yeah. And you're sort of convinced by it. You go, yeah, that does make sense. Archimedes was on his own. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, um, he's talking to the like 100-year-old man about the canals. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> and he's talking about the canals in 1900. What do you remember that, about the canals in those days? Not a lot. Very, very little. Very, <laughs> very little. Peaceful. Yeah. I like the I like the one where they say to um, they ask Sean to give a give a lyric and he goes, Good, good, double good. <laughs> Go on, what else, Joe, did you like? Sorry, your favourite. Let line. me tell you yeah, okay. <laughs> Those are the contenders later. I like the bit where he uh, he asks Martin to produce a record. We like you to produce a record. And um yeah, he walks up to him and he's just sort of he's got a microphone in the air. Uh, hello, Martin, you wanker. Hello, Wilson, wanker. Um, what are you doing? I'm recording silence. <laughs> You're recording silence? No, I'm recording Tony fucking Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, we'd like you to produce a record. Yeah. All right, thanks, Mike. <laughs> 50 quid an hour. All right, see ya. <laughs> see ya. And it's just, yeah, I mean, Martin had it. Looks like he looked. <laughs> Another question I had with this film was also I liked uh, sorry because um, we're still on favourite quotes yeah, 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 um, yeah when they when they open the hacienda oh, when they're looking around the building and he says um, it's uh, 
when they built Renaissance Florence, they didn't just put up porter cabins. You know, oh, when the Victorians <laughs> built the railway, they didn't just put porter cabins. They went to work and said, "Well, you know, this isn't Renaissance Florence. Florence, it's Dark Ages fucking Manchester." <laughs> 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 so, so, how much has come out of our music budget? Seven hundred grand. Well, goodbye. Obviously, we don't know. We've got nothing in common. I'm a genius. You're fucking wankers. It's <laughs> that, fiscally responsible. That's the end of their connection. <laughs> for about just, 10 years. Just off. <laughs> Sorry, you take it away. Yeah, no. I was, he, he's brilliant. Andy Circus steals this film for me yeah. personally because he just gets to play this larger than life character who massively larger than life. Who knows he's good at what he does? As well. I always kind of, I always do like characters like that who are so prickly mm. that they can't. Um, but they, but they know people want them to do mm. stuff for them, so they they get to be selective, so they, they get to say what's on their mind rather than having to navigate. They them. have to be the genius to do yeah. that. He couldn't do that and just be a middling like run of the mill yeah. yeah. producer. And in the scene at the is it Kitty Hall? Did yeah, you say? Kitty Hawk. Kitty Hall. Uh, well, the subtitle said Kitty Hawk. What Kitty is Hawk? That? It's the uh, the Wright brothers. Is, oh, Kitty Hall. Because I was like, place. I don't yeah. know what that is. The subtitle said Kitty Hall. I was like, well, for some reason, I'll trust. Amazon Prime <laughs> subtitle makers Katie Hawk Kitty Hawk Kitty Hawk that's Kitty where Hawk. they did the, the so which the first, first, yeah, yeah. First so the, 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 the fight. I thought the, it might be a political Hall's thing named Kitty after Kitty Hawk in, mm. in I can't remember which state in America it is it's in America it's <laughs> in the American <laughs> state of America oh, yeah for, uh, well, it's, that is a, it's one of the first <laughs> one of the first 50. probably not the last two Hawaii and Alaska so we've done our lines and quotes I think. Oh, well, I've got another line. I've oh, crikey, we've got one more line. I've got one more as well. Yeah. This go is, on, Joe. This, is the, this is the film. This no, film is made first. up of great lines. You, you, you go first line. because what? I've forgotten mine. Oh, so, <laughs> so to, credit to the writer, I have. Um, when you have to choose between the truth and legend, print the legend. Yeah. That That yeah. is a great line. That is the sort of uh, moral message of this film, almost, isn't it? You know, that it's a really. Not the moral message, but that's the, <laughs> no. that's the ethos that's, of this film. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's what this film attempts to do. And also in that, in and around that scene, it's uh, that's full blown penetration. <laughs> just that. My Cuban accent's just hilarious. <laughs> Is Go it full blown or full on? He says, uh, full blown he says, I only got a blowjob that's full. Full oh. penetration. Full yeah. Pe- yeah. I think it just oh. says full penetration. Yeah. I just, Maybe you had a blowjob in your head. <laughs> full blown. <laughs> <laughs> Which full is good. I like that he was like, have you got the car keys? <laughs> and then they're just kissing in the next and, scene. And Howard, who's balls deep in his wife's like, hiya Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Spider. Hi. Spider from Coronation yeah, Street. Spider. Uh, yeah, that's how I remember <clears throat> And the the real Howard Devoto's in the scene. <laughs> I definitely don't remember this happening. And this is what I mean about the the, the acceptable face of postmodernism is that I'd never seen that before. This film, I've seen it once, twice since. There's a film called it's called Gorgeous or Beautiful or something. Toby Jones plays a kind of football mascot. I've, um, I've heard of it. Kitman type. He, it's the was it the Sheffield United kit thing um, so. mascot, wasn't he? And the actual real person who's playing turns you know, is there, and it does that a lot. But I've never seen it before. This film. I don't think. Mm. And just very quickly, I'll, I've Would remembered my. It's the one I quote the most. It's um, when he when he goes into the second act of the film and introduces the Happy Mondays. He says <clears throat> every every great band needs its own special chemistry, and Bez was a great chemist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is. Yeah, because that's a, that is a good scene actually. Because he's mm. so is he off his absolute is the in that scene I was like so is it saying he's off his rocker at that point 
he's so high that he's seen spaceships or is it that Bez kind of was this alien that came down and mm. created that I think they're print, magic they're printing that legend I think that's what that is yeah. yeah yeah I don't know if that's a story that Sean has told us being I think he probably has yeah told seen like UFOs that. in uh, you know Moss Side or whatever <laughs> <laughs> um, you all done on quotes and scenes are we, are we uh, happy to go into so what we're going to do after the well we, uh, let's do it now I want to find out two things from here I want to find out his rating and I want to find out if he'd recommend it okay so Hugh how many blowjob in Mr Tony's vans would you give this out of 10 um, from a hooker <laughs> I thought of that on the spot <laughs> I would give uh, I'll be honest uh, I reckon 7 depends who you're recommending Six, it maybe. I'd say it depends who you're recommending it to mm. so if I so if obviously Joe you hadn't seen this film for whatever unbeknownst reason mm. this would be a film I would recommend to you because I know you like this music of this era mm. I know it's you would be like oh I've you know it'd add character to to these these interactions and whilst I don't dislike some of the music in this era, like I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of the Happy Mondays. To be brutally honest, I find Sean Ryder insufferable. Crazy, <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Um, and that's but that's a lot. Of that's coloured by my interactions with people like that. Maybe six, seven, eight, nine years in the nineties, who was the coolest thing in the world was to be like a bit like Oasis and that um, Kevin and Perry sketch. Yeah, they've, oh, I'm just stood there and oh, I don't have to do anything because I'm so. Sort of I'll have some cold. bread and dripping for us, tease our mother. <laughs> yeah, and there's a bit of there's a bit of that in this that they're showing these people and they're like, well, this is what they were like, and it's like the world's moved on a bit since then. I find when it comes to that's not cool anymore. Mm. It might be, it might look cool back then, but now it's not aged well. So I think maybe yeah, seven's a good. Reason. But That's this is an interesting maybe thing. Like, yeah, I don't think this is a cautionary tale. I mean, it kind of could be because Icarus it's, is a cautionary tale. It's always, it's like saying that good. But, there's fellas, no co- but it's not a cautionary. Sorry, because there's not a comeuppance. <clears throat> yeah, Tony Wilson. He is portrayed as somebody who did something good for his community, and he put my, you know part of his work he put Manchester on the map yep. in terms of cultural relevance whether you agree with that or not is another matter but you don't get a film made about you if you didn't have some sort of cultural relevance but it's the a, artist next coming up it's, it's like I don't know I don't know where I stand on this but people saying that say Goodfellas is glorifying gang culture it's like they haven't seen the final 20 minutes of that film where it turns to shit and he's a, he's a, he's a yeah. regular schnook <clears throat> or schmuck um, from then on. And I think you're right, but this film doesn't necessarily glorify those years. It does glorify those years, what we're talking about. Um, but it doesn't, it, can, it doesn't see them as blameless or, you know, spotless in that sense. No, and I think it, I would have liked to more round, because everyone's like, like you said, they're calling Tony, you know, he's like, oh, you're a cunt. But it's like, is he though? Because mm. I don't. The only time I thought, oh, actually, I don't like this character, is when he goes to see his ex-wife in the hospital. Yeah, like it doesn't really say what's wrong with her. Mm. And then it's like the film has to pivot and say, well, we don't have enough time to discuss this part of his life, so we're just going to say it happened. <clears> he had a family. It didn't work out. Mm. This is a normal person. You know, these things happen. And it's like, well, I wanted that story. I wanted to know what happened At because don't show it. Because you feel sympathy when his first wife leaves him. I genuinely, at that point, was like, I feel quite sympathetic for this character. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just kind of goes, oh, I'm not happy in this relationship anymore. And he's and he's very fragile and vulnerable because she's, I'm just leaving. And yeah. that's that. 
That's the last time you'll ever touch me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's, okay, the, that's the last time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's so, like, childish of her as well, isn't it? Because she's like... There's an element there where I think they're almost, on some level, they're trying to cover themselves from mm. the obvious factual flaws. Because the things that just happened when there was 10 people there, that's harder to dispute. But the fact that he had another wife and child, children would be harder to... If you knew anything about Tony Wilson's life, if we, if any of us knew anything about his life and watched this, it would be harder to leave that out. I think. Mm. Yeah. Onto the ratings, though. How many blowjobs? Well, I said <laughs> yeah, six. Six. Yeah. Six. I mean, I, a guy wrote an academic blog about this film. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll wow. put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, I'll put, I, it's really I didn't good. get that. I mean, that to me suggests that he was he watched the film too many times. It was more specifically about the factual content of this and control. And what yeah. that means about postponed cinema and, and all those kind of things. So I, I will put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, so, Thank so you, you would you. recommend it to some. You wouldn't recommend it to others. A six out of ten. Yeah. You enjoyed Maybe it. Six point five. There was at least five to ten lines that you enjoyed there. Oh yeah, there was bits I liked, but I didn't like it overall. If this was a lazy Sunday afternoon, you're yeah. flicking through the telly. Forty minutes to go. No, I, watch I don't like the third act. Right. If it was, would you watch the first first act? Yeah, I like when I watched this. I wanted to watch Control because right. Ian Curtis. He was. I mean, he was twenty three. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He was so young. Really. That's why I'm so annoyed at Bowie for being thirty. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you want to go. Well, I'm interested in what happened there mm. because this man had yeah that the made world at his Sorry, feet yeah. and New Order were that talented that they could go on and make something of that. So I, I suppose he's kind of in in that sense our cabin, where it was actually the success of their band that drove them to suicide. They just got the tour, the gig in other the in America. In yeah. America, they were going to tour America, mm. and everyone's happy, and he's like, "This is not what I want at all." And that was very significant. I think what annoyed me a little bit about the second act is it was a bit too much about the Happy Mondays, mm. whereas there's so many other great acts around at the same time it didn't even there's no mention of Stone Roses or yeah, there the, is no mention um, yeah. any of the the DJs that were around back then because it was uh, obviously it was the height of dance dance music yeah and it was all about the Happy Mondays at the Hacienda there's, there's ten films to be made isn't there about mm. all these things and and it it's a it's a thankless task to try to put them into well that's this is what I think's wrong with it having a bit of distance from when the film was produced was I, obviously I knew who the Happy Mondays were I knew about them at, not at the time because I wasn't alive until mm. 88 and wasn't aware of music from back in the day until about 8 or 9 maybe 10 11 years old uh, but I mean I think I think I listened to the Happy Mondays with you guys actually when I was about quite possibly well, they're, they're still going though. I'm going to see them in December actually yeah. <laughs> it's there but I don't I don't rate them up in that echelon of top Mancunian bands mm. it's hard to see but, somebody call Sean Ryder a genius because actually I don't see that I don't understand no, that that's no, not really and it's played for laughs I think like it's three more really about good his personality and the 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 musicians who you no one knows their names mm. maybe Paul Ryder but <laughs> people only ever see Sean Ryder and Bez the ones yeah. with no talent <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's and, and I, th- I think it is. It does suffer from that a little bit. I love this film. Joe loves this film. Hughes lukewarm on this. Yeah, film. lukewarm. Yeah. Let's see what the critics have to say. Now there really is only one critic for us, Hugh. Well, there's two. Mark Kermode 
Is the best on it? <laughs> not, no, that's not Kermit. <laughs> He's still very much thrusting and alive. And... Inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Ebert. P- P- peace be upon him. For uh, <laughs> he's the man of the hour. Um, he uh, liked it. That's... See, yeah, I'd love to... Because it's so Mancunian focused. Like, even somebody who grew up a few years after all of this in Yorkshire, mm. I feel like I'm... I'm, I wasn't on, in on the joke almost because I wasn't there at the time. Mm. Like the audience for this is about three million Mancunians. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> likes the Happy Mondays. It's not. It's not there for an American audience, is it? And he gave it a four stars out of five. He says the four out of four. Does is it, it four out of four? I think it gives ratings out of four, doesn't it? Oh, you are right. You are right. Yes, I missed that. Yeah. Mm. I think is that is that maybe like you said with, <laughs> with Looper and Empire that giving four giving five stars can really look ridiculous. Anyway, he liked it. He said the movie works so well because it evokes genuine, not manufactured nostalgia. It records a time when the inmates were on the asylum when music lovers got away with murder. It loves its characters. It understands what the Sex Pistols were started, what the nineteen nineties destroyed, and it gets a certain tone right. It kids itself. At one point, Wilson looks straight at the camera and tells us that a scene is missing, but it will probably be on the DVD. As a screenwriter of an ill-fitted Sex Pistols movie, I met rotten, vicious Paul Cook, Steve Jones, and their infamous manager, Malcolm McLaren, and brushed the fringe of their world. I could see there was no plan, no strategy, no philosophy, just an attitude. He, he liked it. <laughs> I, just, I thought I'd got... He, he, he gives a very good review of it, very interesting, and he really liked this film. I mean, who knew that. he knew so much about... Yeah. British music in the 80s yeah. uh, as as he said as the screenwriter of an ill-fated Sex Pistol movie that is not what you'd expect from Roger Ebert well, he actually tried to sorry he tried to write a Sex Pistol movie. He, as the screenwriter of an ill-fated Sex oh, Pistols right. movie I met oh jeez yeah. right so he is so he very much knew the subject material and, <laughs> yeah so he's, he's a classy a, American he, <laughs> so he almost is too, too he knows too much about it <laughs> and yeah he liked this film he he really loved this film so he knew so much about it and he loved this film Maybe, I mean is that the issue is it that distance does yeah change your your uh, opinion on things Ooh. yeah and, and yeah it's, it's Roger I mean, he's right you're wrong <laughs> you yeah. can't really argue with that I mean that, that's how opinions to. work unless you want to because that's how opinions work so critic all the critics liked it because Roger Ebert liked it I think what I'd like to do next is a quiz so join us after the break for a quiz potentially seven questions possibly more about 24 hour party people just Come up with how many questions you want to ask each time it's your episode. To be fair, you've 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 trampled over a couple of questions, so it could be five, could be twenty-five. Uh, <laughs> join us after the break for the quiz. Yeah. Now for the quiz, Hugh. Uh, as you know, we usually have more than five when it's my episode. Yeah, because. Um, that rule that we agreed upon to have five questions per week has clearly been disregarded by you. So. Listen, I didn't sign it. I didn't sign it in blood. I didn't sign it in ink. It doesn't count. Um, question one. Verbal contract's not worth the paper they've written yeah. on it. I Absolutely. mean, your train isn't for another an hour and a half, so <laughs> we could do 25 questions. Question one of 45. Uh, how many people were present at the Sex Pistols gig in 1976? Oh, we've said this loads of times. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Is it... 
I'll give you a clue. Oh. Today is the 40th anniversary of Douglas Adams' It's 42, work. isn't it? Yeah. Guys I the was galaxy. 42 in my head. I was like, oh, shit, it was less than that. It was yeah. like 12 or something. 42. There's a few people in the film that like, it was about 40. <laughs> yeah. It? Who was counting 42? <laughs> there was... Of course, it wasn't forty-two. Like, who was counting that? By the um, way, everyone in Manchester claims to have been in that. Game. Yeah, sorry, forty-two million. <laughs> clickers on bouncers on doors. Yeah. Did they nineteen seventy-six at a Sex Pistols, Sex Pistols gig? I mean, if you're going to have it anyway, forty-two people. <laughs> Question two: uh, You've ruined, so I'm going to skip over. Yeah, well, that's it. Question two: We're not doing it. But who plays the homeless man who quotes poetry at Tony? Uh, Boethius, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> As himself. Yeah, yeah, he's looking good for 1,500 years old. Yeah, yeah. Doctor great. Who is uh, how, how long? Yeah. <laughs> so, David Tennant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's David Tennant. Yeah, uh, that's number two. Right. <laughs> what is the name of the record company Tony creates? Factory Records. Good. Number four. What's the Star Wars link in this film? Um, I don't know. Cast-wise. Oh, cast-wise? Who's in this film that was in Star Wars? The original trilogy. In this film that was in the original? Yeah. I didn't know until I did a bit of research. Oh, cast-wise. How am I supposed to know then? (laughs) Just off the top of the dome piece. Yeah. I have no idea, Sam. He's at a zoo. He's washing elephants. Peter Mayhew? No, is it is a little chap? Is he? Oh, it's Kenny Baker. Kenny Baker, yeah, yes. Got him on that one. I didn't. I thought you were going to go. Yeah, Kenny Baker obviously is is the zoo. Of course, for like thirty seconds. Yeah, but he's very distinctive. (laughs) (laughs) Those eyebrows. I mean, you can't hide them. (laughs) Yes, that's what you're on about. And he played. uh, Vader, of course. Yeah, Vader. Vader's son or something. It's on stilts. Question. Just get a tall person, but you know. Question, question five. <laughs> How much does Method. Keith Allen's character offer for the company? How much does Keith Allen's oh. character offer for the company that turns out to not be worth anything? Um, three million. Joe? Five million. Five oh, million. Five. Cheeky five. Cheeky five. Question six. Name six bands that feature in the film. Joy Division, New Order. <laughs> That's two. So how many? So five. Six. Six. Uh, Sex Pistols are in it. Um, Three. The Happy Mondays, obviously. Four. Uh, total Ratio something. <laughs> Pretty close, not right. TC. Can you correct him, Joe? No, don't correct me. Don't correct him, Joe. Don't correct him, Joe. So I've got four. Four. And one of them's the same band. <laughs> <laughs> Is the is the more missing it? Ah. Yeah, I'll, I'll accept artists. I'll accept artists. Artists. Even if you um, so I'm sure there's a Picasso in the background somewhere. Clever <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of bastard. Isn't he? I am. I am struggling now. <laughs> um, think oh, about what the... they called that band? That think about who else was present at this. Oh yeah. So obviously, well, it doesn't count if it's. I mean, does Mick Hucknall count yeah. as Simply Red? It shows his... I will take that, if I'm going to get this question right. He's an artist. What's that, five? Mm-hmm. Five. And then uh, the postman obviously went on top of a massive career. <laughs> <laughs> clearing uh, dance floors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who else? you got to go. There's, um, think of the... Towards the beginning of the film, he goes for all the bands that he's introduced that were only shown on that mm. Oh, We see a montage, don't we? Mm. Oh. As well. A lot of punk bands. Yeah. Um, um, as, he, as he mentioned, as he mentioned 
didn't think so. Am I missing out a really obvious band here? No. Good. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the band that he's. Hugh, have you ever person. fallen in love with someone you shouldn't have fallen in love with? Oh yeah. That's question um, seven. <laughs> Don't hit on that. The microphones on that, Jack. <laughs> Is it the Ramones? Never mind. No, no, never mind. The... Buzzcocks. Buzzcocks. Yes, yeah, good. Buzzcocks. I'll take it. Could have had. Oh well, Joe. What's the name of that band, Joe? That band, uh, not Susie and the Banshees. <laughs> Susie and the Banshees. Band. Yeah, the band that I was struggling to remember. A certain ratio. A certain, a certain ratio. ratio. Timeless band <laughs> who have stood the test of time. Vinnie, uh, Vinnie Riley. Yeah, Vinnie Riley. I don't know. Um, Marky Smith makes a cameo. So yeah, would I accept that as an answer? Name six bands featured in the film. I don't think I'd take. I mean, totally cut no. He's but he, but he's, gig, he's mentioned. I did say artist. He, he he is, of, there is a clip. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. So that's. I think he went for a film that's about the music. It should be easier to name. But it's the about bands one in record it. company in there. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> another one of those kind of questions. Question seven: Name three of the five actors without your notes to play either Joy Division or their management. Uh, Not excluding Paddy Considine. Paddy Uh John Sim. John Sim. And Sean Harris. Sean Harris. Well done. Joe, can you name anymore? Ralph Little. Ralph Little. Oh, yeah. uh, There's one of those that's not a household name. I love how um, I didn't think of Ralph. I thought of Sean Harris, who I wasn't <laughs> really familiar with. Or Ralph Little. But you read his name an hour ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, no, I don't no know. Tim the, Horrocks the, plays, drum. uh, the, the drum no. the drummer is always the <laughs> <laughs> now Joe you mentioned uh, in our preamble before we started recording how many questions was that sorry? that was seven questions how many did I get right some was that seven questions <laughs> seven <laughs> Hugh got some of the some questions did you have any further questions for Hugh or me uh, um, uh, probably I've not had a chance to think yeah this is a bit of an on air production meeting um, always goes down well with people <laughs> who listen what was the name of Tony Wilson's Granada uh, program music, music That's show? That's good. It was called. This is the benefit of recording yeah. together in the same room because I'm not following that shit. <laughs> He's and I'm not talking about Granada reports or Wheel of Fortune. Damn it! <laughs> Can I give him a clue? Oh, it's called. Da da da. And so it was. Isn't that what That's not the name of the show. You've said it? two out of the three words. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. But something so it was. So it goes. So it goes. Oh, shit. It, yeah. So it goes, and there it went. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was as it was. Uh, as it were. <laughs> I've fucked that up all day. I'm um, really glad we got Joe on, because he uh, has really stabilised this. Um, according to the film, why did they call it Factory? That's good. That's good. That is. Do you funny. know the answer? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Think of the social context of the time. Um, <clears throat> did he just say because it was like there was all the fa- oh, because all the factories and that were shutting down yeah. in and around the area, and they wanted to open a new factory because it was against the grain of what was happening. Yeah, in the that's area. right. That's yeah. good. That's yeah, good. So um, you saw a sign saying factory closing, so we'll have one saying factory opening. Yes, that was it. Yeah, because we wanted factory. Well opening. done. Uh, just because um, we can do this, and it's my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my podcast. What are your podcast? 
our podcast. Oh, sorry, our podcast. The listener included. Yeah. That's right, our podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've got the two hosts and the, our best, <laughs> biggest fan. Yeah, <laughs> and brother yeah. of. Uh... It's amazing you could get those uh, fan things on your face and spin around <laughs> like you have all day. That's been impressive. It'd be very cool in here, don't you? That's think? that's. You, you're the, you're uh... not the dad as well. That's a real dad joke. That was a real dad thing. You know I mean, the uh, maybe that's... you got a stern out there that you don't know about. <laughs> you know the fan club that you have. One day, that's me. <laughs> Hey, at least it's a club. Mm. <laughs> Joe Rogan had to start somewhere. Yeah. Shame we didn't finish though, isn't it? Can <laughs> <laughs> we pull up the clip? <laughs> <laughs> Might cut that one. <laughs> Jesus, look at the size of that gorilla. <laughs> he is litigious. So anyway, as I, as we can, um, I'm going to ask one question to you both. Oh, between the two of you, can answer. This is unexpected to us all. What was... Joy Division's original name Warsaw no I've got Stiff Kittens here it was Stiff Kittens then Warsaw Warsaw was somebody else's first I'm sure it was Stiff Kittens then Warsaw then Joy Division then New Order yeah I'm sure there's four yeah that's good (laughs) (laughs) you set a new precedent for the first uh, quizzing that's good yeah it's one of the first lines in the film Here's, this is Stiff Kittens later yeah. to be called Warsaw blah 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 so oh. yeah he does it you were very good not right but so also right. Uh, I think the end of the quiz is that Hugh wins Hugh wins <laughs> Hugh wins yeah. I think unanimously we can decide Hugh yeah. wins so this is what our 12th episode 12th episode because it's our 12th episode Joe who do you think is the best of us two <laughs> who has very mind with Shred of Womb you know, Shred of Womb <laughs> as we say at the beginning of as we say at the beginning of every episode. At different so times. Who has the better taste, John? Oh, I like it. I like Ooh. it. He's sprung that on us. Who has yeah. the better taste? Your brother <coughs> right. or your friend of 20 years? <laughs> should, should, we, should we just lay out our credentials? He likes Star Wars and I don't, right? That's he like, just, exactly. He, I like Star Wars. Let me finish. Wars. <laughs> he doesn't like The Shining very much. Or they would. See, I didn't let's just, uh, all right. much. Let's just go over some of the episodes, right? Yeah. Now, I've been introduced to quite a number of good films from listening to from the my podcast. recommendations yes well mainly from Hughes to be honest this um, <laughs> I really liked Hunt for the Wilder People mm. I really loved Raiders of the Lost Ark I've never seen that before um, how have you not seen Raiders of the Lost Ark this I is just, unfair this is unfair we've seen the same films me and Joe and so therefore any new films that he's recommended to is going to be from <laughs> Hugh the outside influence yeah um, not the one who's not a Blakely yeah I'd say oh god I mean, you kind of put me on the spot. Yeah, that was, that was the. Point. What do you think of the fact they didn't really like The Shining, Joe? That that was. Uh, uh, I mean, Joe, the, yeah. What did you think of The Shining? I loved The Shining. The Shining is a, a, a masterpiece. But do you like uh, the Star Wars? I didn't. I didn't like. Uh, I've got some kind of fondness. Come for Star on, Wars. yeah. I'll get off the pot. Yeah, <laughs> Star Wars. Did you That's, watch it when you were a kid? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, mainly Christmas. I um, didn't like it. That's fair enough. It was kind of allowed to not like Star Wars. It's just weird that you have a vendetta against it. (laughs) (laughs) That nobody else really (laughs) has. Magnified. Um, And, you know, not being, not trying to, not don't want to come across as biased, but I'd say probably Sam. (laughs) Hey! Nailed it. But I, I have to say, Hugh, you do have great taste. Great tasting. Great tits. Great tits. <laughs> Thank you. I'm good with myself. Got <laughs> 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 <Glad> somebody. <laughs> <noticed>. <laughs> Great tasting films. Sam was a psychology teacher. You want to 
unpack that. <laughs> 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 a little <Freudian> slip. <laughs> no, I, I figured you'd go with your brother since yeah. you two have a very similar taste in films. Yeah, but I have... Excuse to me. be honest with you, if he wants to have a holiday one week, he can easily slip in. <laughs> I don't think anyone will notice. Yeah, but like I said, about, um, at, from listening like. to the podcast, a lot of the great films that I've since discovered were f- from Hugh's recommendation. Mm. But mainly that's because I've seen all the films you've seen. Right, yeah. well, <laughs> see it at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Why, why are you sitting back down after you said you were <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and now phoning this one in. I'm on my way out to the bus station. So you think Hugh's better or... No, he, he went with you. I went with you. Because, you know... This, is, this, is, all that. this is meant to be the fun banter bit at the end. Oh, banter, sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, what did you think of The Matrix? Lads. <laughs> it was... Uh, what do you think of the ground after The Matrix landed? The ground was uh, well and truly broken. <laughs> it was, In terms it? of... Uh, Would you th- although I think, I think Blade loosened that jar. Mm. That Matrix jar opened it. The jar of the ground. The bottle of yeah. the. I'm just not mixing mixing metaphors. metaphors. Yeah. That's a whole other kettle of ball game. Really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did now, you ever play the Matrix game? I did. Oh, Enter oh, the was, Matrix. That was awful. The one that didn't include Neo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. And that a, invented a, a serum for bullet time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it only lasted like 30 seconds. And you ran down and missed the point. <laughs> Yeah, and then they made um, the 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 Matrix game, the Path of Neo, and that was uh, a really good game. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, was actually. It was well, I totally forgot that existed. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, and he gets oh right. Well, we're off. Um, we're gonna go watch the. We're gonna go play the Path of Neo because I completely forgot that exists. Before we go, what film we, are we talking? We about? We should talk about um, <laughs> the Matrix films. <laughs> <laughs> the Matrix. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Matrix. Um, <laughs> next week, what we're gonna watch you? Because I want to know. So next week we're going to watch the Denny Villeneuve film Arrival with Amy Adams. Sam, what do you know about this film? Well, I thought it was pronounced. I thought it was directed by someone called Dennis. No, that's <laughs> you anglicising. Denis, Denis, right? Yeah, so Villeneuve, Denis. right? Okay. Canadian's name. I know Amy Adams in it. Is in it. I think. I think she know plays. She plays a linguist or something. Yep. Which is one of those professions that people have in films that are um, highly academic specialists. And I think it's about aliens arrivals. That would. You're suggesting the title and by the uh, promotional material, eh? Yeah, uh, I think there's a twist. Um, I don't know anything about it, and um, there's a big uh, sort of orb, egg, in the yeah, sky, yeah, and giant uh, Pringle. I've I've purposely avoided all spoilerific things. It's been out for a while. Uh, Nerd writer, who's one of my favourite YouTubers, I think he made a video about it, and I avoided that, even though I like his stuff. So I really don't know much. I know it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a well, the cinematography is really good, actually, to the third. Have you seen it, Joe? Nope. I don't know anything about the film. <clears throat> right. I know Amy Adams is in it. Four. Um, <laughs> and, uh, also a respected art. The, yeah, the... No, well, the only thing I know about is what Sam's just said. Then she's a linguine. <laughs> that, that's yeah, right. she's an um, Italian. She's an egg. Oh, the, it's it's a a the extra man bow tie ones. Farfully. Something, yeah. It's uh, something to do with uh, past lasagna ingredients. Um, yeah, <laughs> the arrival. Very of excited for that. Yeah. yeah. So wow. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think it's on streaming services, so I'm going to save myself two pounds fifty this week. Woo! And uh, watch it at my will, at my leisure. <laughs> Your leisure instead of what? 
What do you normally do? At CEX's leisure (laughs) and on their dime. This is the way you watch films in like a stress position, though. The way really, if I pay for it, I mean, I'm from Yorkshire, (laughs) so I'm just clenched (laughs) the entire entire three hour. I tend to watch films under duress. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's Wednesday night. I've been really bloody to watch this. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. I am glad that I got to see. 24 hour, pe- 24 hour party people twice together this week it's been so much fun recording one of these episodes with my brother my big bro the guy who uh, introduced me to most music and films that I'm aware of and I'm sort of a bit, bit sorry that he hasn't really liked it that much yeah well, it's great. a shame but I mean thanks for coming on it's been great to have you actually it's been an honour and a pleasure <laughs> <laughs> this will probably be a favourite episode I would have thought probably yeah. well no because when I listen to it I'll I have to hear my voice. <laughs> we can edit. That, you yeah. won't make the edit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> no, joking. So, Hugh, if they want to get in touch and tell us how great Joe's been, how can they do that? So, they can uh, cut a vein in their arm, <laughs> a piece of paper, and they can not write a contract that is a contract in their own blood, and then they can send it to me. Oh, right. Um, but preferably when I'm in an important business meeting with a record company mogul who wants to buy something I have. For five million pounds. Three. Three million pounds. <laughs> Inflation. Yeah. Or failing that, they can contact us at pleasewatchthis.pod at gmail.com. Uh, where can they find us on the internets? On the intranets, they can find us on Facebook, uh, Please Watch This page, or more actively, we're on Twitter at Please Watch Pod. We tweet sometimes and uh, we'd like your patronage. Where, Joe, can, where we... can they find you? <laughs> yeah. um, around Western North Yorkshire, you can find <laughs> us. Um, yeah, if you just want to sort of uh, shout. Traffic Island? Or... Drive up the, the M1 and just shout. Hey Joe. Hey Sam. Hey Hugh. When you hit the big Asda, keep going. Yeah. Over called the river. To be fair, past the Greggs. You know, <laughs> you know, Greggs in Yorkshire. That, might be there. That might be all the Greggs in yeah. Although, to be fair, Joe is internet famous for a meme he made oh, about. Oh, he is internet famous. <laughs> about eight tell years us ago. about your meme, Joe. You tell me about the meme. I'm sick of the meme. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to tell you about yeah, it. Well, yeah. Well, when yeah. somebody who liked it... He worked nine till five on that meme, I tell you. <laughs> so, tell us about it. Dolly Parton loved it. It was a, a meme I made for my friends. Um, it was four pictures of me just leaning. And it said, Jolene, 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 Jolene. <laughs> and every six months or so, I get tagged in it on Facebook. And... <laughs> Um, relive that that nightmare yeah so it's great to have a special guest star <laughs> internet yeah. our second celebrity yeah, yeah I mean I'm up there with Grumpy Cat and <laughs> Purple Rain no Chocolate Rain <laughs> Purple Rain's Prince yeah. Chocolate Rain guy that's famous too that's, that's some fame behind that yeah. uh, the uh, the angry girlfriend was it was she oh um, clingy girl uh, overly clingy overly attached, girl, overly attached girlfriend, girlfriend yeah and, and then uh, what's the other guy the um the is it the Star Wars and his Harold or something Harold yeah. or something oh, yeah. yeah welcome to 2008 by the way we <laughs> <Yeah>. discuss <laughs> all the latest trends in the internet we're meetings. doing the, this new thing called the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's going to be on your mp3 <laughs> but I don't want to see that on your MySpace page <laughs> alright we love you guys uh, thank you for joining us thank you Hugh thank you Joe <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Thank you, everybody. We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.